0: It's Tennessee Titans Talk. John Robinson joined the front office on January 14, 2016. We're going to talk about our 15 favorite moves John Robinson has made, either free agent acquisitions, draft picks, or trades. If you have one you think we missed and we're dumb for missing, or you've got a comment, be sure and find us on Titans Talk Cast on Twitter. We would love to hear from you. We'll start with Landon. What do you think is the single crown jewel of John Robinson's tenure as Tennessee Titans general manager?
1: It would have to be the first major trade John Robinson made, which was trading the first overall pick to the Rams. We had a lot of needs, and none of the top players really were so amazing that we could pass on just the bounty of picks we got. We used some picks to trade up for Jack Conklin, which solidified our right tackle position for a long time. We got two additional seconds and a future first, those became Austin Johnson, Derek Henry, the superstar, the guy who carries our offense, and Corey Davis, who's been a very
2: solid receiver for us.
0: There was a good player pick second, Carson Wentz, but I think it overall
2: has worked out for us. If you can trade one pick for two starters, I think it's a win.
0: Big fellow, what's the second biggest transaction Jay Robbins made in his career, in, in your opinion?
2: I really think his trade to get Dennis Kelly has been one of his biggest moves to date. Yeah, granted, he's not a blockbuster right tackle or left tackle, and He's not a bona fide starter, but he's come in for us a lot of times where it's been shaky. He has given us a lot of three tackle looks where we've been able to run the ball and led to a lot of success with DeMarco Murray or Derrick Henry, whatever have you. And now he kind of was able to, to get us to solidify this offensive line, even in the the murky departure of Jack Conklin so I think Dennis Kelly and I mean for what we gave up for him for Peanuts I think we gave up Doriel Green Beckham provided some huge value to us
1: I think DGB is an insult to Peanuts he was out of football before that season started so we gave up nothing (laughs) for a guy who's going to be starting at right tackle for us (laughs) this is true
0: that's true I think that might seem under the radar to some folks who are maybe not top five thing but I just think the idea of us looking and looking where it's so hard to find even tackle depth, kind of a throwaway trade like that. And we did that. I think even if not literally in it pretty close, just because Dennis Kelly, think about if we didn't have Dennis Kelly for the first four games of this season, I mean, that would have been a disaster. I mean, it was kind of a disaster anyways, but it wasn't him. I mean, he, He's a guy that we got, like you said, for an insult to Peanuts, and we got him, and this guy helped us really salvage our our season. Number three for me, I think just because the impact that he had in getting us to the AFC Championship for the first time in 17 years, that's the way a lot of fans and me, myself, count. Like, how far did we get to really – how close did we get to winning the whole thing? I'm going to say Derrick Henry at pick 45 in 2016. He was a good part-time player two years, and then in the last two years – Yeah, he's just been a really effective lead back for us. Obviously, we built our offense around him. uh, Last year was just one for the H's, led the NFL in rushing. But further than that, led us to upset two really good teams on the road. Pick 45, this guy won a Heisman um, a few months before that, did well at the combine, and still had to wait for 44 other people to call his name. It was not a pick of necessary need for us, and we took value. So for me... It took four years for it to look just absolutely genius. But, boys, I mean, that became our identity as a team.
2: 22 is two-tone blue, I mean, all the way. And what he's done is irreplaceable.
1: And if we give him a future contract and he continues to has an impact on this team, I think that'll be the crown jewel of Robinson's tenure to get a guy who carries an entire offense for over six years.
0: Like I said, if you count how close you get to winning it, I mean, you have to count Henry because although – Henry didn't do it alone and we've seen Henry not look super effective the first six games of the season Tannehill the guys on that offensive line that have been paid to do well they deserve a lot of respect the people that remained uninjured on our defense they I mean it all came together but the lead kind of spear of the arrow was definitely Derrick Henry
1: for just such a fun season last season so he's 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 there for me at three Landon, who do you have it for I've got Kevin Byard who's become our franchise cornerstone on defense He's maybe the best free safety in the NFL, a top five safety in the NFL. We got him at the beginning of the third round, but it's the fact that we drafted him out of MTSU, not a football powerhouse, not where you expect to find a superstar defensive back. He's a great, he's a great guy. Great locker room presence. Since we drafted him, he's second in interceptions and he's only two behind Marcus Peters for first. He helped start off our big upset over the Ravens with an interception on their first drive. And I think out of everyone on this team, he's got the best shot of being a time for life. John, I love when you tell
0: the story. Of course, we were watching the 2016 draft together, and uh, I told you about this guy. He had 19 interceptions at MTSU. I thought he'd be a good NFL player. I don't know that he'd be one of the handful best safeties in the NFL. I thought he'd be a really good pick, and I thought he would go at the end of the third or beginning of the fourth. Uh, some people thought we 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 reached for Bayard, but uh, I love when you tell a story about uh, about Bayard and the draft. Yeah.
2: we're just sitting down watching the draft, and all of a sudden, you know, after being, you know, I mean, we were in my my bonus room watching this draft, and after a while, it kind of gets a little tiring, and you know, we didn't have a we we had a lot of picks that draft, but we had just picked Derrick Henry at forty five. I was the first one that I wasn't happy with it because we had Demarco Murray. But in hindsight, I'm glad we did it. But I remember it got to our pick. And you that know, is like, ironic hey. that you weren't
0: happy with Derrick Henry. who is Probably right? if, you, if you had another <laughs> child, it'd be, it'd be called Derrick Henry, big fellow.
2: Yeah, boy or girl it's Derrick Henry. <laughs> Doesn't matter to me. But I remember you were like, hey, you know what would be cool here? If they took Kevin Byard. Just like, you know, chucking it out there. And all of a sudden, they selected him. And your face. Oh, my God. But it was really cool to see a hometown kid, you know, kind of get overdrafted for that. At that time, he was definitely overdrafted, but, you know, he's come in and he's been our rock.
0: If the three of us in the future could have called us then and said, look, you have no idea, Kevin Byard and Derek Henry are going to be the face of this team. You know, we were excited, but just kind of in the in a vacuum of that moment, we had no idea that these guys are going to be the, the leaders of our team.
2: I mean, and to get him in one draft... <laughs>
0: Yeah, on Saturday. Um, on,
2: in one draft being our fourth and fifth picks of that draft, too. So not like your first rounders. These are picks four and five for us.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Who do you have at five?
2: Me, it's kind of a toss-up. There are two I really like here. I'm going to go with Rashawn Evans. The way that he played during the str- down the stretch last year and throughout the playoffs, you know, flying over the line and just being a force to reckon with, uh, you know, in goal line defense, the way that he played, you know, I was kind of unsold on him until last season. And he has been just leaps and bounds better than his rookie year. And he really turned it on when we needed him to. And I think that is going to be a steal of a pick. Cause even when we drafted him, a lot of people were like, Oh, he's not a first rounder. And the jury was out on him, but I think he's, you know, kind of proven his, uh, his toughness
0: i think this is a really good one because uh, obviously we were at the stadium uh, watching this draft in 2018 and i was you know not a huge fan of it i I got it because the guy has you know the size weight and the productivity to be a first round pick Um, and we of course we moved up a pick or two to get him i didn't love that sometimes i get too analytical i don't like just non-rush linebackers landing in the first round i wasn't crazy about it but when we Played in the playoffs and watching those games so closely, I understood it. I understood it completely uh, at that point, Landon, the value that someone with that length, that athleticism, with that with those football instincts, how they can just end a drive, uh, whether it's in coverage and that the same player can step up and be the difference on fourth and one. I mean, that's why they did that there, right? And that's why John accurately puts him as, as one of the five Possibly. I know it's early in his career. One of the five biggest transaction of, of J Rob's tenure.
1: I would agree at the time it kind of felt that we were filling a need. We had lost Avery Williamson, Jayon Brown hadn't broken out yet and Wesley Woodyard was getting up there in age. He was the last first round off ball linebacker. So we took him, but like you said, he's become so much more than I imagined. He still needs to work on his pass coverage, but Jayon Brown's better his tackling and the way he flies the ball. It's just amazing. In He's still pretty new to this. He's only played two years. He missed time in year one. He missed a lot of time at Alabama, so he's relatively fresh. He's got a ton of upside. Those two players are going to be so exciting and they're going to be one of the best linebacker duos in the NFL.
0: For me, it's six guys. It's Ryan Tannehill uh, all the way. I know he spent one season with us, but like I mentioned uh, in my first pick, it, it's what matters to me. We, we got close. We made an AFC championship game, the trade uh, to bring him here. It's not that he knew Tannehill was going to be a video. It's new John Robinson knew that they needed a good quality backup, that that was going to be a make or break year for Mariota. And to get him for what he did, if you look at Tannehill's career on paper, that those were never really good teams. He did well enough. He showed a lot of toughness and then he battled some injuries. The Dolphins traded on March 15, 2019, a six-round selection, which wound up being David Long. So I maybe count this transaction as, as much because I think David Long is going to be a really good, even a, a third inside linebacker for us, and Ryan Tannehill in exchange for a fourth-round selection in this past year's draft and a seventh-round selection in the 2019 draft. Tannehill essentially reworked the final year and signed a one-year deal worth $7 million, and I believe he had $12 million coming to him. So uh, he basically, uh, the Dolphins ate $5 million. So $5 million, David Long and Tannehill for a fourth-round pick. Uh, We know what happened down the stretch. We don't have to tell a Titans fan what happened. And, yes, we want to talk about Ryan Tannehill did not have to throw 40 times to get us to the AFC Championship game, but I don't think we would have made it without him.
2: He came in and was able to make throws that we hadn't seen for a long, long time, specifically in this organization. He made those deep throws to A.J. Brown, and he was able to really – effectively run art smith's offense and i think that's that's the key point there like you said you know he was a good fit yeah yeah perfect right he didn't bring him in knowing he was going to be a starter he brought him in because he thinks okay you know if marcus goes down here's a guy that can really read this playbook and operate pretty effectively and that's exactly what he did I mean, as we go through this, every time every time I think I make my five picks, you guys convince me into another one. But I, I think this one, for as long as I fought it and fought Mariota fighting for Mariota, this is, you know, easily one of the the best things ever. Now, maybe if he didn't sign that big of a contract, maybe you, his, the value of this trade might have put it nearer to the top for us. Right. But, but yeah, I mean, this is, you know, essentially J-Rob's second mega contract with Taylor Luan. Hard to really argue with the result.
1: Lana, what's number seven for you? I've already mentioned him, but Jayon Brown. We drafted him in the fifth round, 155th overall. He played at UCLA, which is no longer... Even a decent program, so it's not like he played at Alabama. He had this pedigree. Early on, he wasn't much, but he's broken out. He's one of the better coverage linebackers in the game. He's a tackling machine. He was top 20 in tackles per game. He would have been top 20 overall, but he missed two games. And my only thing with him is he hasn't gotten extended yet. And I want us to do that as soon as possible because outside of Bayard, he's the leader on that defense. He's just so exciting to watch, especially because. He goes so late, you're always rooting for that underdog, and he's become a Pro Bowl-level off-ball linebacker.
2: Yeah, can't argue with that. I mean, this guy got it, and we picked him at 155. 155, that's insane. In a way, you could say
0: because he was drafted so low that it is one of um, J-Rob's just sparkling
2: things because everybody had multiple shots at this guy. Yeah, it's the best
1: value pick he's made for sure.
2: You know, cornerstone of the defense, and we've seen that. We've seen where... He's been out with injury for a couple games, and we have seen other teams exploit that hole in the defense because he is a great cover linebacker, arguably one of the best in the game. When he was out, we saw a couple games last year where teams were able to take advantage of that. So he is just so huge, and he's, he's a player that... What I really love to see is they come in as uh, as rookies, and then they develop, 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 develop until they're at that level like Jayon, and he's, you know, indispensable. You know, he's such an important piece to our defense.
0: Okay, John, who's number eight for you?
2: I've got two guys I'm thinking of. I, well, I just want to throw in, if Landon hadn't taken him, I would have taken Jalen Brown here for sure. But I'm going to go with my guy, Adoree Jackson, at 18. A lot of people thought he was a reach. Even, you know, when we drafted him, I loved him at 18. I made a weird war cry when we were in Philadelphia in the front row when we picked him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you still have it on video. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, he was the guy for us at that pick, and, you know, I think J-Rob nailed it. And I think, like Jayon Brown, he's the guy that came in, and he kept getting better and better every single year. And we saw him really, really kind of step forward last year. Be, you know, he can be our number one corner, and he's gotten a lot better. And, you know, he's made some mistakes on special teams, Yes, that's a little asterisk there, uh, because there were some games where we lost because of his fumbling issues on fielding punts or, you know, trying to get too aggressive within, you know, take it deep in our own territory. Those have been issues. We have since not let him play it as much special teams. But I think he's just a truly dynamic athlete at a really cornerstone position, which is going to set us up for success in the future. And which is why we picked his picked up his fifth year option.
0: Guys, on March 10, 2017, the Titans signed Logan Ryan to a three-year, $30 million deal with just $12 million guaranteed. At that point, response from our fan base, like, we're going to sign another Patriot, and this is a guy who is a little undersized for the position, uh, was not a big-time draft pick, and yes, of course, thrived in their defense, but we had seen guys... Play for the patriots in that scheme and then go other places for um, a bigger paycheck and not do as well in three years especially as he went on culminating in this past season i mean this guy had four four forced fumbles last year had four and a half sacks and four interceptions last year i think the further we get away from this season the more we're going to look back and say this is one of the great titan individual seasons in the history of them uh, as the tennessee titans and so for us to get him for that, yeah. Uh, you were talking about how, you know, contracts that we know now may water down this list, but I, and I think that makes it tough because he's no longer with us. But uh, Logan Ryan was instrumental in us taking the next step,
1: right? Agree. Definitely agree. Absolutely. Before we signed him and drafted the Dory, our secondary was one of the worst in the NFL. And Ryan's leadership was a big reason why we've become one of the better secondaries in the NFL. I'm so happy we don't have to watch Parish Cox and Bleedy Ray <laughs> Wilson play defensive back for oh, us. Guys.
0: I think that makes an excellent underscore of what we're saying is these guys, Adori Jackson, Logan Ryan, they're very viable because it was a kind of a black hole before then. Lana, who do you have at 10?
1: I've got Ben Jones, who we signed in 2016. He's been with us for three years. He signed a two-year extension. He's only missed one game with us in this entire time. He makes between five and six million dollars a year over his tenure here. He's been a rocket center for us. He's a great locker room presence. He does a lot of off the field stuff with other guys and he's I think he's a decent starting lineman and in in a league where it's hard to find those guys, to have a decent starter making five or six million a year is just great value and it was a great it was a big reason why we were able to start off with exotic smash mouth and transform the offense from one of the worst in the NFL.
2: Laden I like what you said about he you know he's a, a pretty good lineman because you're highlighting a really important point, which I think is what J. Rob thinks. He doesn't have to be an All-Pro. He has to be average to better than average, and then he allows us the affordability to not have to draft a cent- draft a center right away, or not have to overspend in free agency. So he plays really good football. He doesn't miss games, and that's what you want in a center. He opens up holes where he needs to, and yeah, he's every once in a while there's a, he's got some liabilities with cover- with uh, you know blocking down the field, but he's good enough for us to not have to worry about addressing that position. In in an offseason so far. And to me, even though like he's not going in the hall of fame, he's not going to be an all pro. That is great to me by J Rob.
0: Well said. All right. Who do you have at 11 McPhil?
2: I really, really loved when we signed Kenny Vaccaro. I think he brought a new physicality to this defense and was able to kind of really compliment Kevin Byard from the safety position then we have two trusted guys you know and then if you count all of our corners I argue I, I think we arguably had one of the best defensive backfields in all of football last year oh I, I
0: okay. would make that argument too especially in yeah. the back end of
2: it oh for sure I mean if you look at um I mean we had Bayard and Vaccaro and then we ended up picking Tremaine Brock corners we had Logan Ryan Malcolm Butler Dory Jackson we were solid and Vaccaro I always loved Vaccaro um even when he was with the Saints I mean the way the dude hits and he flies around he's He's like a bullet. I mean, he's always in the right place at the right time. He's super physical. And when we handed him that extension, that was huge to me. And I, I really felt positive about him being a part of this organization. You see their chemistry on the field. He bought in immediately, knew what his role was, and he was able to fit in perfectly. And that led to us having a pretty, you know, what what is, like we said, the best defensive backfield in football, but for sure one of the best defensive backfields in Titans history.
0: And so what I want our listeners to understand is it's not just players we like or whatever. It's the value that he got. We got Vicaro off the street after injury. <laughs> right. right. And that's the thing right. about the safety position. But even then, Vaccaro has been a perfect fit for us. He had days before they had to start playing preseason games. And he has been mm-hmm. a perfect fit. Uh, and he's been affordable to us. He's he, And he's an excellent player. we got to think about value. Obviously, we picked at 19th in two thousand. Uh, 19 in the draft and we picked Jeffrey Simmons it wasn't our immediate need but they love the long-term potential of Simmons obviously and you can see that at the end of the season we've read some stuff this past week about how he's it seems like his uh, leg injury is a part of the distant past he's young and, and hungry to be a really good player but we picked exactly 32 picks later and tell me a year fellas where our second round pick Was uh, a true next round later, 32 picks later, that there wasn't a player between the first pick and the second pick we made that you wouldn't have loved to have. And there's some good players that that were picked in 2019 between 19 and 51, but there is not one of them I would rather have than A.J. Brown. I think he is the perfect fit for our offense as a future number one receiver. Everyone that listens to this podcast knows I really wanted him, and we talked about it when we did a podcast uh, on that Friday morning. I wasn't confident he would make it to 51. When it got to um, 32, I thought, oh, the Patriots are going to take him. They took Nikhil Harry. Thank you again, Patriots. Uh, because he would have been a, a difference. I think he might have been the difference in that game if we'd have still played it. Uh, A.J. Brown has a bright future. He's a perfect fit for a run first, to be the lead receiver in a run first offense. Kudos to J. Rob, and then just kudos for fate, for for whatever reason, a guy that was that productive in college and that good of the combine, has that good of an attitude to somehow be there at 51. So for me, he's, he's a no-brainer, and everybody knows how much
1: I like him.
2: Yeah. I'm surprised he wasn't higher on your list. Yeah, he, he might have been my first guy. Yeah, yeah I kept <laughs> yeah.
1: I kept passing on because I know Nathan wanted to take. Yeah, him. he's the guy we don't touch because we want to
2: give you your glory here.
0: But what, what do you guys think about what I said? You would agree, right, that uh, it is unique that, yeah, Drew Locke went at 42, but we don't know if Drew lock's going to be. I, I'm intrigued by him, but we don't know if he's going to be Pro Bowl quarterback. It's pretty rare, Landon, that if we went back and we had the 19th and then the 20th pick, we'd take the same guy we took at 51.
1: And if every team had hindsight, I don't think A.J. Brown even gets to our first round pick at 19. He was the best wide receiver. He had a thousand yard season. It's one of the most efficient thousand yard seasons in NFL history. Look at his yards per target, yards per catch, yards after catch. They're all at the top of the list for receivers that had over a thousand yards. And that's as a rookie with Ryan Tannehill for only ten games.
2: Nathan, when you're talking about him, I'm just so thankful that you were right and J-Rob was right on this one because I don't want to play a team with A.J. Brown, (laughs) you know, on our team. I, I, I don't want to defend him. And I'll tell you my favorite A.J. Brown memory already <laughs> um, was when we were in Cleveland and he caught that. Uh, yes. He caught his first pass. That was what started the the one one dance that you do in the stadiums. Yeah, where you, you point your fingers to the ones and go up and down on both. Good God, that was hilarious. And you know, still to this point, I I just remember seeing your face when he caught that pass. <laughs> <just> like,
0: ah! <laughs> that thing was in the air forever, and oh, we were down low. We could see it. And I was. I mean, I bought my AJ Brown jersey last summer before he yeah. ever played a game. And uh, yeah, to be wearing that in Cleveland. Obviously, I'm I'm attached to the guy and and I was really excited and it is clearly a bet that paid off for me and people will see that thing in the stadium now. Oh man, the AJ Brown jersey. So this guy is uh, if we were doing favorite transactions, this would have been my first. No (laughs) doubt about it. Uh, Landon, who do you have at 13?
1: I had our trade for DeMarco Murray. He really disappointed in Philly. So we just swapped our fourth rounders, renegotiated his contract. All he did was take over a running back room that was probably the worst in the NFL, led the AFC in rushing. He got us to within a game of the playoffs if Mariota doesn't break his leg. And he allowed Derrick Henry to sit and develop as a rookie because most rookies aren't great. We essentially traded back 20 picks in the mid-rounds of the draft for a Pro Bowl running back, a guy who we ran our offense through, who was a great all-around back for a young Mariota. A guy who almost carried us to the playoffs like Derrick Henry did this past season.
0: Yeah, Murray would have been my next one. And he belongs on this list. Yes, he only had really a season and a half with us, but he renegotiated his contract. Like you said, so we didn't cost a lot. It was a fourth round swap, like you said. So we basically got him for nothing. He was instrumental in two thousand sixteen. You know how hard it is to go from three and thirteen to nine and seven? That jump is just so big. It's so hard. And some teams just Takes years for them to do it. Uh, we did it because uh, we hired the right guy for general manager and he did really smart things like bringing DeMarc Murray, who he knew had some gas left in the tank and not everybody in the league. Obviously, anybody could have had him for a fourth round swap, right, John?
2: Yeah, oh, of, of course.
0: Who do you have at 14, John?
2: I'm really torn here, torn between Harold Landry and Jack, and Jack Conklin. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Landry. You take a guy at forty one. I remember I remember during the draft I wanted this to be our first round pick, and when we took Rashawn Evans, that was part of my disappointment. And then J Rob, what does he do? He pulls a little one timer and you know, is able to get Harold Landry at forty one. Landry hasn't been the best pass rusher, but he has been one of the best pass rushers on our team. He is consistently developed. He played a lot as a rookie and he played really well last year down down the stretch. I, I feel like we say down the stretch all the time because that was the most important <laughs> run for us in Titans history. But, Incredible. you know, he really turned it on when we needed him to. We've talked a lot about his development as a player and he needs another move which I totally agree with, and he's starting to work it. And I think eventually, once he lands that second move, third move, I think he will be our double-digit sack guy because he he has the size, he has the tools, he can do it, and he can get there. I, I just think he needs that extra move. He needs a spin, he needs a swim, he needs something. Because he, he's got a lot of it. He, he's got a motor that doesn't quit. And he was a guy that his senior year of college, he was injured and missed a lot of it. And he didn't have as much production as he did as a junior. So it kind of pushed people off on him. But I'm glad we took him. I'm glad he's going to be there as our cornerstone, potentially next to Jadavian Clowney or whoever else might be there. But I think he and Simmons are just going to be two cornerstones on our defensive line for a while.
1: And to add to that, John, in the first half of the season before Cameron Wake got hurt, Casey got banged up and we really just lost a lot of pass rush on the front seven. Yeah. Harold Andrew was definitely at his best. I think he had six or seven sacks and it was only when he lost all the surrounding talent around him and teams only focused on him that he started to fade away. But we've rebuilt the front seven, assuming we signed another guy. You give him more one on one looks. He's a guy that's going to get over ten sacks for sure next season.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. He had nine last year. So yeah, I think he's definitely a candidate to make a huge jump.
0: The guys for me, 15. I know it's just been a year, but I just admire the whole process that they took. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons picked 19th last year. And we know he had this off the field issue of domestic violence uh, as I think a senior in high school. It's well documented and obviously had a no issues at all at Mississippi State. For them to vet that out the way they did and include their owner with that, I appreciated just getting a sneak peek of kind of how the front office makes these tough decisions. So that's one reason why I like this pick. Now, Jeffrey Simmons lost his cool a little bit in the playoffs. So we know that. He and Marshall Yanda uh, you had some words, and yeah, he's got some maturing to do. He's also like 22 years old. I think he's got a very bright future to get him at 19. He has top three interior lineman potential in this thing league he just does and to get him at 19 uh, usually those guys go much quicker that's the kind of thing that's just super smart a lot of and you see like if you look at picks in 2019 between 10 and 20 they filled needs they panicked Rashawn Gary I think is not going to be the player I think it's clear that Simmons is he went 12 to the Packers Christian Wilkins is a good player i take Simmons ceiling Chris Lindstrom the guard the Falcons like that was all reach Dwayne Haskins, Brian Burns. I know we like Brian Burns. I'd take Simmons. Brian Burns did that thing that we were afraid he was. He could look great on one play, not so good on the other. I love Dexter Lawrence, a defensive tackle. And then, of course, Garrett Bradbury was not – transcendent like some people thought he would be in year one at center. My point of going down that, guys, is I take Simmons. We were pretty forward thinking on that. We had some gambles on his injury and sort of his past. But the early results right, Landon, last year are this guy is the future. We're going to build around him right on defense.
1: Absolutely. That's why we traded jerome Casey, the best player on our defensive line. And I've been going through some of the news recently. He said he's not practicing with the brace anymore. He doesn't know where it is. He's 15, 60 months. Past the tear. That's usually when guys start to really bounce back. It's not that first year, but it's the second year when they become more confident and get in better shape. Simmons said he played around 320 and he was a defensive end for us, a three, four defensive end. He says he's going to get closer to 300, 305. So he's going to be more athletic, more in shape, more confident in his body. He's going to have another year of NFL experience. Like you said, it's a great pick. And when you talked about his character on the field, when he gets in people's faces, I hope he doesn't fix that. <laughs> it was a big reason why we beat the Ravens. We got on their heads. Jeffrey Simmons was getting into scraps with Marshall Yand and Lamar. He was jawing at people. You need that kind of edge to just get into the heads of the best teams and throw them off their game. As long as he doesn't do anything stupid, like Andomic and Sue and get personal fouls or get thrown out of games. Let him be a pass all he wants.
0: Oh, yeah. I think you make a good point. And, John, uh, I I want him being nasty. I just don't want him spitting yeah. in his faces.
2: Yeah, I agree. I was just about and to I say. And I don't think
0: he will with time. Yeah. yeah. I think it no. was his first time in the throes of that NFL playoff stuff. I mean, it's just probably just the – energy on the field of that. Only you could even begin to imagine that, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was in Baltimore in January. I mean, it was a little rainy. I mean, nobody's going to be in a great mood there. And with the way that team was looking, those fans, they could be downright dirty. I mean, they're there. Yeah. So I ha- I have no problem with it. Landon, I was going to, you know, kind of comment on what you said before you you mentioned Indomitian Sioux. Indomitian Sue didn't become Indomitian Sioux by, by just his play on the field there's part of a psyche that you have to do playing this position being one of those big ugly dude getting in people's faces and getting nasty and gritty that kind of leads to the whole persona of nama and sue he you know he he was at one he's a pretty feared defender because of his size and his ability but he is not a nice guy and you know i kind of think you know i don't know much about geno atkins but i i, I think he's he's not. outstanding i, yeah, I know that on the field nobody knows guy. anybody because
0: he plays for cincinnati <laughs> i do know that he's a borderline hall of famer
2: yeah oh without doubt and you know i was just saying I, I know what he looks like i know how he plays on the field i don't know if he has that that persona on the field but i remember watching hard knocks when they did the Bengals. this was a dude that uh, james harrison like immediately was like oh we're cool like in the gym he you know he's the guy you don't want to meet in like a dark alleyway because you know he might rip your face off but you know kind of to that tier of players these guys you do not want to mess with and i hope that jeffrey simmons blossoms into one of those guys yeah i mean i'll take a little bit uh, I don't I don't want anybody to play dirty. But if you're going to try to get in people's heads, I'm cool with a little bit of that.
0: Yeah, you've always been an endocrine pseudo-apologist. I know I'm not a big fan of his – but I see where we kind of divide that line because, yeah, he's, he's just been crossed that line sometimes. But I will say, he hasn't been in a lot of good situations. The guy's never been on a bad defense. I mean, right. the years in Detroit and all that, like he – for whatever reason, has systematically pulled together every team he's been on. I mean, even Tampa had their moments last year. L.A. had their moments. I mean, the guy is an outstanding talent. He's, uh, the athleticism, the feat that he has for that size, he's just off-putting. But he has gotten the job done wherever he's been.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, it's no surprise Aaron Donald and Shaq Barrett had career years when And and Sue is on the interior. Excellent point. Guys, that's going to wrap
0: up this week. I don't know about y'all. This has been one of my favorite episodes, and that's saying something. We've covered kind of, this is your life, Titans fans, the last uh, four years. And boys, it's been good. We could do an episode about the mistakes he's made. They all make them. It'd be a shorter episode. All in all, we've had uh, a successful front office and a really good run the last four years. What gets me most excited, if you put it in a vacuum, no, I wouldn't be excited with four, nine, and seven seasons. But I think our best might be yet to come. I think we're building a program and a a lot of these 15 picks we have are very young players so we know it's summer we know everybody's still generally socially distancing so we hope everybody is doing okay and you have a great week for john and landon tighten up tighten up